0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Psalm 140. We're in the 140s. Can you believe that? Not far away not well far away from completing the book of psalms and in one calendar year it's good. it's been a really good journey we're in a, we're in a psalm written by today it is uh, really in my opinion kind of considering the the environment we live in a great psalm for for uh this morning and it's written by king david and king david is uh, historically one of the greatest warrior kings in history he is he's one of the greatest conquering kings in history and his understanding of who defends him and who takes care of him is real interesting because most warriors, most people who are out there fighting the battle and doing uh, the things that they need to do most people like that are, are are self-contained they think that they they can handle their own business and they they can survive and make things happen on their own. David did not see it that way. David did not see life that way he he actually saw um he actually saw his defense, his safety, his ability to prosper squarely in the hands of God, squarely in the hands of who God was and who God uh, uh, is in his life. And so in Psalm 140, it says this, Oh, deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plant evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongue like a serpent. The poison of asp is under their lips. Selah, or what do you think about that? Notice he's asking God. He's asking God to be his protector. The man who uh, marched out on a battlefield and killed a nine-foot giant as a teenage boy. The one who, uh, the songs were sung about him killing his tens of thousands while only Saul only killed his thousands. This warrior king who conquered basically all of the promised land placed it under the authority of Israel and conquered not only that, but overcame his own king trying to kill him, he finds it important that we place our hope and our trust or he places his hope and trust in God. And even though there are so many, even though there are so many out there who uh, plot and, and plan, they plot and plan in vain. And let me say that, it's, it's real important because if you're reading Psalm 2, uh, go all the way back to the start of our, our journey together that started in March. If you go back to Psalm 2 and read it, it says that the rulers of this world, the, the nations plot and plan in vain. And the reason they plot and plan in vain is because if I come up with a plan and you have a plan and your plan is perfect and your plan has all the power behind it, and your plan has all the uh, authority behind it, and your plan has the creator of the universe behind it, then it doesn't matter what my plan is. My plan cannot overcome your plan, because your plan has a source that is greater than the source of my plan. And, And that seems real logical. It's real straightforward. But you know what? We don't oftentimes live it as if it's true. If God has already ordained all things, if he's already set the universe at it, in its course, if his plan is already at work around us, if, if that's what is going on, then we need to understand that no plan, no subterfuge, no, no plot against us is going to prosper. It, it can't prosper. And, and the reason it can't prosper is because it's going against the sovereign and eternal will of God. He says, Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plant evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. They poison asp is under their lips. And we know that. We know the godlessness that is around us and the and the socialism and, and the things that are at work and at play. In the world around us, we know those things. It's not hard to figure those things out. They they used to be hidden. Now they're out in the open. And we understand that 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 those things have not ever prospered anywhere else, and, and they won't prosper here. They're poison, and we are not our own protector. We're not the one who watches out after ourselves. It's not on us to do that. It's on God. He says, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from wicked men, he said, who have purposed to make my steps stumble. Notice their, their whole reason is to cause us to stumble, cause us to fall, cause us to lose our footing, to lose our place, to lose our, our vision forward, our position, to keep take our eyes away from the things that are important, to take our eyes away from the things that, that are, are the source of true life, which is loving each other and loving God. He says, preserve me from these people. Who have purposed to make my steps stumble? The proud have hidden a snare for me, and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set a trap for me. Listen, this has been going on for this has been going on for centuries and centuries. We can see here from millennia past, it's been going on, and it it's not going to change till the very end. Tonight we'll be going through the book of the Revelation, and God in the book of the Revelation sets things uh, straight. He sets them the right way. But but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that that we're not going to live in the world, live in a world that that is setting snares and traps for us. I mean, it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Understanding that, knowing that, seeing that and being sober and present minded, being a person of faith, being a person who hears God, who listens to God, who believes God, who regularly communes with God and who seeks out his plan and his work in the moments, in the hours of each and every. Being a person like that allows you not to worry about those snares. You don't stumble. You don't fall. Your, your, your feet are, are firmly on solid ground. And the reason that is because He's ordering your. I say this uh, a lot. I'll say it again this morning. Uh, God orders the steps of the righteous. What does that mean? He's planned out your way. He's planned out your life. He's planned out your fortune. And and the Bible says that the gift and the call of God are irrevocable. What does that mean? Once God has gifted you, and he has, he's gifted you for his purposes and for his glory. You have spiritual gifts, and you have gifts of opportunity and gifts of relationship. I want you to hear me. You have gifts, spiritual gifts. Those are divinely given talents that allow you to build the kingdom of God. You have divine purpose. He's made you one of His. He's given you His life, eternal life. And He's given you uh, not only that, but He's given you a, a daily walk, a, a path to follow, a, a, a life to be lived. And, and He set you on that path. And that is a gift of God. That is the gift of God. That's the gift of eternal life that He's given you. And if He's given you that gift of eternal life, it's irrevocable. The gift of God and the call of God Are irrevocable, which means he can't, he does not pull them back. He does not revoke them based off of your ability to uh, achieve, your ability to walk in it, your ability to approve yourself. That's not how this works. How it works is that he is in the process as a rabbi or teacher of teaching you how to walk in the ways he's made for you. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a graded system. It's a, it's not a pass fail system. It is a, it's a try and try again. It is a do and walk in it and learn how to be a be who you're supposed to be in the kingdom of God. And God does not grade on a scale. God rewards us not for the results but for our efforts. And our efforts are born of us trusting him and believing and hearing him and placing our faith and our hope in what he has going on. And so when you come to the situations of life where you realize that truly the devil is out to get you. The world is out to destroy the kingdom of God. There are there is a kingdom clash going on. There is a battle going on that's being waged uh in the spiritual. When you realize that, you realize that that uh oh I, I I don't know anything about it, and it makes you afraid. And and you think, uh oh, I need to stay out ahead of those who would plot and put together ploys against me. And so then you begin to. Then you begin to be, be paranoid and you begin to do the things that the scripture clearly tells us not to do. You begin to be mindful of your brother's sin. You begin to be hateful. You begin to be uh, reclusive. You begin to be separated and set off. And, and you lose the whole purpose for which God gifted you uh, life and gifted you his talents and skills. That, that is what happens. And that is not, that's not the life God has for us. It's not how he made us to be. We're not made to be battling against those things as if we were to come up with some kind of plan to overcome them. Our battle is the powers and principalities and rulers of this dark age. It's not against the physical. And we don't war against uh, flesh and blood. What we do is we war against the powers, the spiritual forces that work. So then our weapons are not physical weapons, they're spiritual weapons, and our our purpose and our mindset, and how our, we live our life, and how we walk in our lives, has spiritual content. And we leave the physical context behind, or we allow God to handle the physical context. We allow Him to walk in the physical context. We allow Him to be in charge of the daily walk of our lives. And and so many times, I'm gonna tell you, I, I be just. Firmly honest with you, I get up each day and I have tasks ahead of me. I have issues to face. Some of them, I, I don't have any knowledge of how it's going to go. In the legal profession, you, it is a it is a roiling and boiling sea out there. There's not always a, a knowledge. And even though you may know the people and you may know the heart of the people that you're dealing with, how things work out just never ever is exactly the way they seem to be. And so I know I could spend uh, a, a lot of time worrying. I could spend a lot of time fretting. I could spend a lot of time in anxiousness, thinking about what is coming up each and every day. Or I can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I know that God has ordered my steps. I know that he's gifted me. I know that his call for my life is irrevocable. And by the way, if I quote a verse in context for me, I'm quoting that verse in context for you. You have all the promises of God that i have you have all the i know we want to put preachers on pedestals and pastors and say they're more blessed that's just not true it's not biblical we're all the anointed of god we're all the called of god we're all the empowered of god we're all the uh uh, gifted of god we're all walking in the presence of god we're all his children and we all have his promises and his gifts and they are not going to be called back by god because we're not very good at using them. He's, he's given them to us so that we could learn to walk in them. He says, David said this, I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord. What he's saying is, I said to you, you are my God. I said to you, you're my God. What is David doing? I love when David does this. He's strengthening himself in the Lord. That's what he's doing. He's finding true strength true direction, true power in God. And let me tell you something, that's a process. You have to learn how to do it. It's, it's not an easy thing. It's when I face a difficulty, when I face struggle, when I face an adversary that I do not know, when I look out and I cannot see uh, the path forward, when I don't know what's going to happen, when fear and, and anxiousness grip me, I have to learn how to find my strength and my hope in God. And David, is, David was the first one in Scripture that the Scripture really focuses on how David strengthened himself in the Lord. He found his power and strength in the Lord, and that's what he's doing here. He said, I said to the Lord, you are my God. What is he doing? He's orienting his mind to the truth of the situation. He's saying, I said to God, you're my God. I'm going to put things first that ought to be first. He said, hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord. What is he doing? He's asking God to hear him. What he's really doing is he's asking God to keep his promise. And what is that promise? I'll never leave you forsaken. I'm here, I'm listening. If you draw near to me, I draw near to you. See, those are the promises of God. So I say, God, you're first. Second of all, God, I need you to hear me and I need you to be true to your promises. Let me tell you something, that is honoring to God to expect God to live up to who he says he is. That's saying to God, I know you, who you are. I believe who you are. And I'm in full expectation that you're going to be the God that uh, you've shown yourself to be to me. You can't get much better than that. That's strengthening yourself in the Lord. He said, oh God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Notice, you're the strength of my salvation and you've covered my head in, in the day of battle. You're the one who is my defender. You see how he's he's gaining, he's building spiritual strength by by going to God and speaking spiritual truth to the Father and saying, you said this, I've heard it, I believe it. You said it, I've heard it, I now believe it and going to act as if it's so. He says, oh God, oh Lord, the strength of my salvation, you've covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant O oh Lord the desires of the wicked don't let the wicked don't let the wicked overcome me don't let the wicked uh have victory over your people don't let the wicked say to themselves that they have overcome don't don't allow that he said do not further the wicked scheme lest they be exalted notice he's saying i you, they don't need to be exalted they, they their schemes uh, are in vain they have no value they, they're ultimately not going to work and I know that because you told me that and I believe it Notice how David strengthens himself. He says, ask for the head of those who surround me. Let the evil of their lips cover them. What he's saying is, let the work of their hand play out in their own life. He's saying, let the universe operate as you've made it to operate, Lord. Give the universe consequence. That's what he's saying. He's saying, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let the burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into the deep pits. As they and not rise up again. What he's saying is, is, you. I'm finding my strength in you. You work out what you've promised to be the plan for the future. You allow their plots and their ploys to turn on them. You allow them to face what they plan for us and for me. There's strength in that. Not only is there strength in that, there's hope in that. Not only is there hope in that, but you begin to, in your own heart and your own mind, realize that... <clears throat> I do believe what God has promised me, and I, I'm just going to live in expectation that it's true, and and then before you're you're all before you're all in the middle of walking by, and the issues that seem to be pressing so heavy coming forward in in the day, seem to pass away, they seem to just slowly ease away, he says. Let not the slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow. He's saying, turn it back on them. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted. He's saying, I know that the Lord maintains my cause. If I'm under attack, if I'm under strain, if I'm being attacked, I know that the Lord, I know, he's saying, I know that the Lord has my cause in his hand. He says, and justice for the poor. Remember, the poor is those who who understand that they're not all that, that they're less, that that God is great and, and they're nothing. And, and having that understanding and having that position allows you to see God from the true perspective that he, he lives in. He says, verse 13, Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. Notice, it's a righteousness not born of our works, but born of Surely the righteous, the just, shall live by faith, and they shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. That's really what we want to do, is we want to dwell with God. We want to uh, tabernacle with Him. We want to walk with Him. We want to uh, have fellowship with Him, have a relationship with Him. That's really what we're trying to do. And... It's a life process, and it's not always easily done. And on some days, it seems like the world is crashing in on us, and the enemy is having victory. That's not the case. We're just setting them up <clears throat> so that we can throw the 80-yard touchdown bomb to win at the end. It's more fun to win that way. You know it as well as I do. It, it's just more fun to win. You want to hit the home run. You want the bases loaded, down three, and bottom of the night. we want it to be that way. Why? Because it's more fun to win. I'm going to tell you in life, there's a lot of times that, that God puts us in a position just to show off, just to prove that he's in control, he's in charge, that he's taken over and he's going he's gonna to handle those situations. And he makes us, makes all things to the world and to us seem as if everything is going to be uh, destroyed. And then, then he walks out of the tomb, don't he? Then he just walks out. Yeah.